Hi, my name is Ida. And my name is Deja. And welcome to Sad Girl Sunday. Hello, how is everyone doing? Welcome to Season 2, Episode 15. This is Part 2 of our Body Image, Body Neutrality episode. Last time we were on the show, we had the pleasure of starting our amazing interview with Tyler Julius and just started to scratch the surface in terms of what our own self-perception of our body image was, when was the first time we really were aware of our body, and any positive and negative experiences we've had since then. In today's episode, we'll be delving a little bit deeper into body positivity versus neutrality, experiences we've had with family members and friends, and some advice moving forward. We hope you enjoy the show. Circling back to like the whole discussion that Tyler and I had from before, like, I don't know if any of you want to like kind of give a quick description of like what you think is the difference between like body positivity versus body neutrality and like just what are those things on their own? So um, maybe a good intro is to read kind of because I didn't really ever think about it until this like text post thing. So do you mind if I read that? No, yeah, go ahead. Okay. So someone, Fairy Cosmos says, look, I don't think my stretch marks are beautiful. I don't think they're tiger stripes or natural tattoos. I don't think my acne is beautiful. I don't think the bags under my eyes are beautiful. I just think they're human. And I don't think I have to be beautiful all of the time in order to accept and in order to be accepted and loved and successful. I don't think every small detail of my outer appearance needs to be translated into prettiness. And then Serotonin Sunrise says, fun fact, this POV is actually called body neutrality. And it's so much more accessible and realistic for a lot of people. It's based on the idea that the way we look is the least interesting slash important thing about who we are and that our bodies are worthy of respect regardless if they fit the mold of the current beauty ideals. So that's beautiful. Yeah, and you know, I was always like a passive kind of like yeah, body body positivity. Yeah. Sure, great. You know, everyone love your body, sure. Um and then this kind of really spoke to me because just recently during the pandemic, like I've never like been like a gym person. It was always like I play soccer. And I have a fast metabolism works for me. Um, I hurt my foot. I stopped, I was out for three months and over the pandemic, I, and I gained 30 pounds or 30. Wow. No, 20. Um, I was gonna say, I don't think you gained 30 pounds. <laughs> you're right. Um, I was out for three months and then I just added the zero there. So <laughs> earlier, math was not my degree uh, numbers, <laughs> but I, I've never been conscious of like trying to lose weight. So like, basically I was back up to 140, but this time I felt horrible. Like I felt lethargic. I felt blah, like in playing soccer, I couldn't move as fast. I couldn't like cut as fast, like anything like that. I wasn't defending nearly as well. Um, and I had my friends, Beth and Jeff's wedding coming up and I, (laughs) I, I had, we had a conversation, Ida and Beth and I, and we were talking about, um, what do you call that thing? Intermittent Intermittent fasting. fasting, Yeah. So, and I had honestly always been under the impression that like 
fasting was bad for you. And like, it's not something that you should do. And why would you like, it's not natural and normal and blah, blah, blah. And like, it's a fad thing. And, you know, and after talking with Beth, who's done a crap ton of research into it, um, I kind of decided like, you know what, maybe this is something that I'll try out. So firstly, she told us that she's been using Noom, um, which I know a lot of people, a lot of my mom's friends have sworn by and stuff like that. So I went to go look on the app and then it costs like a bunch a month. And I was like, fuck that. But, yeah. anyway, um, but I went to go look on the app and you like put in the date you want to lose weight by and you put in how much weight you want to lose and how fast you want to lose it and stuff. And so I was like, this was like maybe like three weeks before the wedding. I don't know. Oh my uh, gosh. I remember you also sharing that post where you're like, I forgot. Oh no, I shared the th- post of the guy who was talking about like pandemic life versus life after the pandemic. And he was like, uh, I mean, everybody gained weight and the pandemic is fine. And life is a pandemic. He's like, do you think I can lose like 20 pounds by the end of the night? So <laughs> you were just like, I feel like that was me before the, the wedding. Right. The joke was that like, the joke on that was like, I actually tried to put in like 20 pounds in th- like three weeks. And it was like, you'll lose your weight by September 1st. And I was like, yeah. and I texted Ida and Beth and I was like, it says 20 pounds by September 1st. And Beth was like, it is neither realistic nor healthy <laughs> to lose that kind of weight that quickly. I had no idea. Like I, because I've never been conscious of that kind of thing of really uh-huh. working to, to work off weight or anything. I was like, I can't like, and I and mean, t- you could, but it probably wouldn't be very yeah. healthy. Yeah. Like and that's like, the thing. Yeah. So like now I'm down, I'm down to like 134, 135. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm, I'm staying there pretty consistently probably because I keep eating a lot of gelato. It's fine. <laughs> um, but I am still doing the intermittent fasting thing and I really like it. Like my problem was that like, I wasn't fitting into my jeans and mm. you know, I feel like jeans are fucking expensive and I have a lot yeah, of I'm them. buying a new one. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I'm not going to go <laughs> replace my wardrobe. and so like that that message really spoke to me because the whole body positivity thing is like so I gained a few pounds like it's fine just go buy a new wardrobe I'm happy with my body and it's like but I wasn't and Mm -hmm. I'm not look I don't want to accept this I feel Mm -hmm. like shit like I understand it's just a part of being human but like I want to be able to do what I can about it without being like you're not being part of like or like shame do you know it's okay to kind of just like be wherever you are at and just accept that and like just like embrace whatever this new body is which is also fine if you are fine with that but there's also nothing wrong with not being fine with that like the whole thing in my opinion I think it's similar to like also like um the you know feminist movements like it's all about like giving people the choice to decide like how they want to feel about where they are and not allowing other influences or structures or whatever to determine what is good or bad it within like femininity or within like body positivity or the way you have you know your self-perception absolutely a hundred percent tyler like i think if you know what makes you feel good and you want to work towards that there shouldn't be any shame whether that's you like trimming down or getting in 
you know shape or whatever and like you can pursue those things without it being uh like i don't know combative or against somebody Mm -hmm. else trying to just like be happy with however they are like it's not like you pursuing health and fitness is a threat to somebody else like being happier in a curvier like body it's just you guys have like different people have different outlooks on how they want to look or whatever Mm -hmm. they want to like be so I think like Mm -hmm. when people get to that point like I would like to believe in a future where we can all just kind of accept the fact a lot of people kind of sit in that thinking or thought that like it's impossible to believe that that a larger body is desirable in any shape or form and um I'm just kind of like bringing this up to kind of like I like to the point I was saying earlier like I would love to be optimistic and believe in a future where people understand that there's different strokes for different folks like our world can exist where there's not one extreme that's accepted over another like so many people bring different things to the table and there's just like so many ways to exist so plays into that too is like if you look at like what was considered beautiful over time right like Mm. it used to be that like really large women in like the roman times were considered beautiful because that meant that you had wealth that you yeah because you could afford food you can feed people. <laughs> you can yeah. afford to eat yeah and then really pale like after that it was really pale women because you're not out in the sun laboring you're not mm-hmm. like a serf working on someone's farm that's why they would paint their faces with lead which mm-hmm. like poisonous we all know how that went yeah <laughs> but, like you know and then like even as far back as the 90s when like the whole like really sickly grunge look like like basically anorexic look was oh, like, like the pixie fairy girl kind of thing, like the thing. Yeah. right yeah. and so I do think it fluctuates and I think it's also hard as people in the moment and this is probably in every single moment right because it's only the people of relatively those generations to be able to like see you know, we're like, I wish there was a change. And like, maybe someday down the line, there probably will be. We don't know what that change will be, but shit has changed over time, right? Yeah. So it would be nice for it to change now. And we can push for that change, of course. But, you know, it it won't stay the same, whatever direction mm-hmm. it goes. So that's no, an interesting kind of counter thought. I, I think one thing that you also mentioned, Ida, that I had not really thought about until recently was the fact that like the college that we went to, I don't think was very indicative of like, so, like <laughs> this sounds weird, but like the realisticness of society in terms of different body shapes, sizes, weights, so different socioeconomic statuses and classes. Like it was very much this one kind of person and you either fit into it or you didn't. And right. that was it. And, and that's like why not, all our friends. No, but do you see what I'm saying? And I think that's why, exactly <laughs> like I think that's why we probably had this like very like whatever kind of attitude because we were part of that group that was like the we don't really fit into what they wanted from us. Yeah, we didn't you know? look like Ken and Barbie dolls. Everyone else, you weren't yeah. going to like look like everyone else and attempt to, and therefore. Yeah, so it was like you were like the misfits or whatever, but it's funny because not until 
going to like grad school in England or even like going to school in New York did I realize like this like that was unrealistic that's not how people look like it sounds Uh, so weird but it wasn't until I went abroad and like went to university abroad I was like there are people who looked so different like run the gamut different age groups different socioeconomic statuses different clothing like it was something so weird but when I got to England I was like oh my god you all like look different and (laughs) And it was okay (laughs) and I was like it just it was weird because I'm so used to people trying to look the same or trying to fit into something and there everybody was like no man I wear what I can afford or I eat what I want or I look however I want and it was so liberating and freeing I was like oh my god (laughs) so it's just so funny that you brought a book now because I was like I feel like it wasn't a very good depiction of like what society is because it was just unrealistic no absolutely I definitely never compared myself to like the no because honestly it was just so (laughs) much distance you you just you you literally could never be that yeah therefore there was no point in it no absolutely like, not I I'm like yeah never going to wear that whatever pattern dress that they all wore and like I was never going to have that whatever ring that everyone had and like I was never going to have straight hair straight and blonde like, hair right I was like well and then honestly What's interesting is you bringing that up about like Bucknell being Deja about like Bucknell being like this kind of bubble. Mm-hmm. And then that's how kind of like everyone who became friends outside of that kind of like one stereotype or whatever. Like, I honestly didn't think I missed anything about Bucknell in any capacity. But now that you bring that up and I'm thinking about that, that's kind of like, like that other bubble that we had was kind of the one thing that I missed was like that was the cool part of (laughs) but but really being a part of that and like yeah I do to a certain extent feel like especially towards like the like senior year like I was like I really don't care about like (laughs) think about me yeah I feel comfortable and I'm realizing as we talk about this that like I haven't felt that way since like not not that I'm like super like I need to be rigid like my work is super casual and stuff but like it just hasn't been the same like I've never had that level of comfort Mm -hmm. no absolutely I mean I think that also like I don't know it just was weird because I feel like because we didn't kind of fit the mold and we were all in it like this band of misfits together you almost felt like beautiful because you could be your authentic self with each other and there was no like she needs to look like her and she needs to look like like even on a night out we all would run the gamut of different outfits and different looks and it was just so I don't know it's like I think Deja you do you have you Deja you showed me that picture of us staring at the was it the solar eclipse yes yes oh like our like group of friends (laughs) we all do look so weird but it was also like such a beautiful thing I was like oh like that was like literally we were that group of like weirdos and I think we were still like really cool like I think everything we did together from like the senior trip all of those fun like gateway memories like just like whatever weird random encounters we had like whatever stupid gossip we would get into like all of those things were so beautiful and I agree Tyler like it was such a special space because one we didn't have to actively pay bills or rent like 
that yeah, was like <laughs> that was <for> like reach. <laughs> yeah, those are bills that were kind of like they were there but they were kind of like not in the front of my mind and then on top of that it just we had so much time to kind of like play outside of learning in school and like learn about ourselves and just stuff. Be. Yeah. yeah we had and, a certain kind of freedom because we weren't trying to be yes. like other people mm-hmm. like there was like less of like a brain overload of I need to look like this I need to wear this I need to buy this and we we were kind of lucky that we didn't have that plaguing our decisions in terms of clothing or where we went to eat or what we did so it was just like just <laughs> the exact same thing of like if I had gone to another school what like how different would that we would be different people probably absolutely I can't say for better or worse but I know yeah. it'd be different but absolutely. you know okay to an extent this is not exactly the subject one but I've always somewhat like not the people that I became friends with but just regretted going to Bucknell over somewhere else when I hear about other people's college stories and like mm. all this stuff and all the fun they had and like literally right now the conversation that we're having has somewhat changed my mindset there like oh that's so nice that's beautiful like I am so thankful for that space that that I was part of that I got to be Mm -hmm. part of and like I don't think that I necessarily would have found that at another at another yeah you know you just don't know I'm gonna cry it's fine oh. <laughs> well I'm so glad that we all found each other <laughs> yeah seriously no 100% you guys you guys are the best part of college everything else yeah. can go in the trash oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean light it on fire yeah. No, but I think in that respect, and I hope you don't mind, Ida, I'm just taking this next question, but like, yeah, go ahead. in terms of Bucknell and just life and everything that we've kind of talked about so far, I mean, honestly, what are some, I don't even know if this is the right word, but like solutions that you all have tried to apply in your own life in terms of how to regulate or curate your social media to include like a healthier outlook on our body image. I know one thing that I've done or I've tried to be really cognizant of is making sure that like my social media feed is something that is more so like relaxing or like, um, I don't know the right word, but more so like something that I enjoy, not something that makes me feel bad about myself. Like I don't want to look at images or content that makes me become more of a self-deprecating individual. I want to look at something that like that's inspiring or that's encouraging or like that's beautiful or oh, wow, like things that generate and like increase my creativity I guess I 100% agree like I know I think both of you guys know I started like a another Instagram account like oh my head is gonna explode but it's like I started the body positive Instagram account which is like mostly like me like showing more of myself and like wearing like clothes that like I really enjoy wearing and just talking about things that like occur related to like my body image and the experiences I have with people who who engage with me in like body image discussions and also I share like images of other women who have like different like you know shapes sizes people who are you know not all the way able-bodied like people who like come from like different like walks of life just to 
give me it's kind of like I am using those images to combat all the other images I do see on my Instagram account of like very very like thin like Instagram models or like people who are like all dolled up and I'm like I do not look like those people and I feel like that is messing with me so like I yeah I started the other one to kind of curate a different kind of Instagram account that like makes me feel a little bit more normal if that makes sense definitely that's that's beautiful honestly like I aspire to that level of like I don't even know if it's necessarily body confidence because even that I think plays into like this body positivity that's not really attainable but I think it's beautiful to be so rooted in your like self you know what I mean like so rooted in like self-love that like it, 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 I think it's even more than just body neutrality. It's not so much like, oh yeah, I appreciate my body for what it gives, but it's like, and I am a beautiful woman because of that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think that is so amazing. And it's and also just being that. comfortable. I think it's like the extreme of, I think for me, at least, I, I also love that you see it that way because it, it <laughs> you see it that way. But for me, it's like, I definitely do it so I can learn to, like, it's like a inspiration. Like, if I see other women who are, like, so confident in themselves, like, it pushes me further from being self-deprecating and more into, like, I'm just, I'm comfortable. Like, I, there's nothing wrong with me. There's, like, beautiful people, like, from all walks of life. And I'm happy to kind of just kind of be a regular person and not feel like I'm a weird like outlier or something. But um, working and inching my way to what you were saying, Deja, and to like (laughs) the super confident, self-loving thing. I do love myself, but I'm like- I think you're helping other people get there, even if you're here with that Instagram. And I think that's powerful in and of itself. Seeing someone else be able to express (laughs) that that self-love and that self-confidence is really helpful. Yeah. For people who aren't there yet. So mm-hmm. I think that's fantastic. Thanks, I, you guys. <laughs> I mean so much, honestly. I was like, wow, yeah. <laughs> no, but I think it's true. I think 90% of the time, you just need to see someone doing something that you've either always wanted to do or try or loving themselves in a way that you didn't even know was possible to love yourself in and it immediately is like wow okay I'm able to do that and so I mean even if you're like you know faking it till you make it I I think you're really you're You're creating other people exactly you're creating Uh, a platform that other people can look to but like honestly the the like that mute feature has been so helpful. You can mute that. You don't need to consume that media. That's something that I think has been really helpful as well. Um, just like allowing allowing me to really like curate my content to like, okay, here's Liverpool stuff. Here's puppies. Here's like, here's like giving back stuff. Here's mental yeah. health stuff. Great. You know, like, it's, it's been like, I, I honestly don't think, I think the hardest thing about my feed is not body stuff. It's more just like the, like, I love the Zen education account, but like that shit gets depressing, you know, but it's like, okay, I need to read this kind of thing. Or like news updates. Yeah. hundred percent. I I think all of that is like, it's all about creating healthy boundaries with social media, like in all aspects, like you said, not just body image, but like the news you take in every day, like that bogs you down, like anything, honestly, what, cause everyone has a different trigger or a different thing that, that can impact them. So a hundred percent 
I think curating like your feed and the people you follow it's necessary for you to kind of maintain your mental health and feel stable especially if you're using social media actively all the time and I think that the whole concept of that like love all your flaws puts a lot of pressure on people especially women to be so over accepting of themselves when teaching and instilling that it's just human instead would be so much more healthy and you wouldn't have to ride these roller coasters of like ups and downs and like I love myself and I look in the the mirror and I'm like you know what my freckles are gorgeous and they're fantastic and then another day I look in the mirror and I'm like my eyes are two completely different shapes like oh my god what if they were just even I would be so much prettier like if my face just had symmetry and blah 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 and you know you it's just it takes you on such a ride that you don't need to go on like we don't need to be there so the other the other thing and I it's interesting my I love my grandma to death um when I was growing up she like she was never like that bad. Now she's just like, she's not bad, but she just doesn't have a filter. But I also have a really good relationship with her where like, if she says something, I'll correct her. So, but she has no filter. And so one of the things was like, my aunt was just recently here and her friend that, cause my, my aunts grew up here as well, but they moved to the East coast. Um, her friend, I guess, always comes and visits when she's here staying with my grandparents. And I guess her, her, her friend is like, I've never seen her. I don't know. She is, I don't, I, I don't know if she's bigger or she's just put on more weight or whatever the case is. But my aunt was over at our house and was just like, I can't sit like every time mom has to say something, she's talking to my mom. Every time mom has to say something about, I think it was like Charlize or Charlene or something. And she like, she's always like, after she, she never says it to the person, but she's like, oh, like she should, like, she should be careful of her weight or something, like something where it was just like, and Natalie's like, mom, like stop. And so whatever. So I was like, well, I'm going over to grandma's now. So I'll say something. So like, I went over and I was like, We've had a conversation about this before. You're commenting on people's weight again. You can't do that. Maybe that was something that like back in your day, you could comment on people's weight, but you can't do that now. That's not like people are what they are. They're how they are. And if they're happy, then you don't get to say anything. And the benefit is that I can have this kind of direct conversation where she's like, fine. Okay. Okay, fine. And I was like, yeah, like she probably is like more again. receptive to you compared right. to like other people. And I'm place. like, if I hear about it again, we will have another conversation and it will not be nice. <laughs> and she's like, fine. You know, and she Aww. gets healthy, but she takes the feedback. But one, I think it's rare to find an older person who you can have those kind of conversations. Who's willing to with. take the feedback. <laughs> Which, right, which is why I love her dearly, but that doesn't seem to stop her from having no filter ever. Uh, but two, it is just so interesting how like, like I'm, I've said to her before where I'm like, I'm really glad that you never said anything like that when I was younger because I could have had real body issues. And I like, I think that kind of gets through to her a bit more, but like, that is such an interesting thing where like, I don't know if she was conscious about not saying it when I was younger. Like, no, she I probably also never really, there was never really a reason for her to say it. Yeah. It's, it's clearly like a product of her generation. It's clearly something that they just talked about. You know, like your mother just says that to you, just yeah. comments on your, just comments on saying like, 
how did it like, you know, you sh- you're getting a little larger. Like, you should really cut back on this or like, you know, and for her, that was totally normal. Mm-hmm. And like, it's interesting because only once in my childhood do I remember my mom ever saying something about her own self. And I don't, I might've been like a teenager, I think, not really childhood, I guess, but I remember her saying something and I remember saying something to her at that point and being like, you shouldn't talk about yourself that way because if I was younger, that could be really damaging for me. And for her, it was kind of like, oh, and I think that's a good way to frame it too when you're trying to correct people, especially people of different generations is to be able to say like, that could be really damaging to me, especially as someone who's in their direct lineage or something like that, who they don't want to be hurting. They don't want to put them in that, in that mindset or anything, but it is really kind of inspiring to me, leave it on this note that, you know, things have changed to a certain extent. I mean, not for everyone, you know, I wish that for everyone in their families, but I think for a lot of families, it's changed where, you know, a mom won't necessarily say that to their daughter. But I think if your mom does say that a really good way to try and call it out, especially if they're talking about themselves is to, to point that out in reflection to you, because it can have a damaging effect to hear your mother or someone else, a significant female figure in your life, talk about themselves that way. Yeah. And like a self-deprecating kind of way. Right. No, that makes sense. hundred percent. I definitely, um, can resonate with the experience of uh being like around like a certain generation of of family who have a old way of thinking about the level of entitlement they have to speak on other people's like bodies and things and I definitely can see how that impacts obviously like even into like you know as like adults become adults like they start you know having those beliefs because Mm -hmm. they were internalized yeah they internalized that their whole life i will be 100 percent honest though and say like my family is african and they do not care i i I would say like i if i had kids i think i would probably like if whatever child i had would probably be more in the situation that you are in right now because I would never want, like, I in my head. No, I, I wanted Deja laughing. <laughs> I'm no, I'm I'm being so serious. No, like, it's just I resonate with that so much. I'm like, I think it's gonna be our it's generation. Like, that's gonna that be, is- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's no, but I I also think it's it's good to point out, and I think. So I'll give an example. So that relationship you have with your grandmother. I think that I have that relationship with my godmother and I can talk to her about anything and she definitely treats me differently and and generally she's a very polite person but my mother directly she like doesn't think before she speaks like she says what she wants to say when god tells her to say like that's how she thinks (laughs) so she's just like no filter and I think it's a hundred percent like you're saying she is a product of her circumstances and her life you know growing up in a, a different culture where those kind of things were acceptable and your family or loved ones or peers had uh, every right to comment or give you feedback because it wasn't seen as a self-deprecating or like um trying Negative. to like 
Yeah, like it was more seen as like we're trying to make sure you are, you know, where you should be in life. It's attempting, it's attempting to give you advice and be helpful. But we don't need that kind of advice anymore because so I, I think like at that, I think it served a purpose for a certain period of time. Like when, um, you know, women's survival was dependent on being uh, eligible for marriage and you know, unfortunately, the standards of beauty were really important for people who wanted to be married off or have like good conditions to be married off. Or whatever. Exactly. Like those weird things that we don't even have to deal with anymore were relevant. And I think it influenced the way people communicate with one another, including like saying whatever they wanted about their daughter's body to make sure that the daughter would be eligible for marriage that kind of thinking is old and outdating outdated but it i think it still exists and it lives yeah. on it and so um 100 like i think um your story relates to like advice for younger people and not being afraid to hold their elders accountable and oh, yeah. finding like ways and methods kind of like you did of making I guess the consequence more personable by putting themselves in those shoes or trying to like make the uh give that older generation the perspective through a story or a person in their life that is very near and dear to their heart so that they think twice about the way they speak about right make it more of a personal connection yeah what they're doing yeah. I like dream of being able to like I, I can I definitely have back and forth with my men. We've gotten to a point in our relationship where I can tell her things, but she I don't think will ever like I don't have internalize them. She's never gonna like get to a point, yeah, where she is like her filter is like a little bit stronger or thicker than it is right now. Like I think she thinks twice though, but I don't think um but she still says it good. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely like that's like where like i'm aware that what i'm saying might not be great but i'm gonna say it anyway yep. <laughs> that's where she's that's a huge leap from where yeah. she was before when she didn't know and like she was just like yeah i mean I right and that is that honestly is a big step you know like mm-hmm. you do it you, you do what you can you yeah no so i think like no but i think your advice is I think the story and the advice that comes with it is relevant for a lot of people. I think a lot of older generations have this ideology that like respect is like just automatically given. And I think we're like one of the first generations to kind of push back on that and be like, well, you know, actually respect is earned. You know, you don't just get it because you're 65. And and it needs to go both ways. Yeah, absolutely. Like if I'm going to respect you and you need to respect me too. Exactly. And I think different cultures and different families, and especially like depending on what generation you are removed from like your home country, you know, like I know I didn't, I have done an episode of being like second generation immigrants and it's like baby steps, my friends. But like you said, Tyler, baby steps are still steps in the right direction. And so just being mindful of that, like, even if it's not where I want you to be, at least you're going in the right direction. Because a lot of people I think will just get like very like, staunch views and stuck in their ways and like no I believe this and it makes it very hard to have conversations and you end up just giving up on the person you're like all right well whatever (laughs) 
and I never want to do that so I appreciate you for sharing that because it's really important to this conversation too because the advice you give to people is to have those conversations nothing changes if nothing changes yeah so before closing out is there like any final words that you guys want to like give to our listeners regarding kind of like we kind of already stepped into advice but if you want to like maybe sum it up or give like a few you know words or a sentence to kind of close out like what you want people to take away from this episode I would say I think it's really important to understand that we're all human to understand that you don't need to have love or a positive image or confidence in yourself all the time you can accept when you don't have that and ride the steady flow understand that you're going to have highs and lows and don't get carried away on any of those aim for the steady middle ground and that way when you're experiencing a low you know that you'll get back to that middle ground when you're experiencing a high you'll also know that you'll get back to that middle ground and you can just allow yourself to sit through all of those emotions. No, I mean, honestly, I think just going off of that too, Tyler, I think one thing that we've summed up and we've kind of talked about a lot is the impact of words and how important they are and how all of our stories from growing up have to do with someone else pointing out something to us. And even if it's something that's so small and minor and they never think about it, how we can have these lasting negative impressions years down the line. So just making sure that people are very mindful, not even of the way they talk about others, but of the way they talk about themselves, you know, and I think that it's beautiful that we're moving into this area of body neutrality, because instead of this, like, kind of false, like, oh, yeah, I'm so beautiful, and I love every part of myself, being more realistic in the fact that, like, I don't love myself every day, and that's absolutely okay, and you don't have to either, Um, so just knowing that the impact of words is so crucial and being mindful of that and this is so funny but like just the difference between intent and impact even if it wasn't your intention to say like you said the comment about your arms or like the stuff we've talked about just from what happened in our childhood the impact can have detrimental effects and I'm so glad that we all have been able to kind of somewhat bounce back from those experiences but not everybody's so lucky oh yeah a hundred percent I feel sorry slipping in one thing impact in my opinion is impact is always more important than intent oh yeah absolutely like I think even you know it's just so hard I'm glad that you brought that up too because especially when you're younger I think you're not as aware of your impact and that's why like kids say mean things even when they're not you know processing fully what they're really saying and the impact it has on their peers or the people around them um and I think like that's a huge lesson or takeaway for anyone whether you're young or old is to like really try to process that impact like what are you leaving behind you know and think about like if you were saying those words to yourself (laughs) what impact would that have on you and then if you think it would be negative, do you think that it should be something you should say out loud? <laughs> I don't know. It sounds simple. Like that logic seems really simple, but it's really hard in practice. <laughs> right. But um, 
Thank you so much, Tyler, for Thank like, you. joining oh, us today. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you all for tuning in on our episode all about body image, body neutrality, and body positivity with Tyler Julius. We are looking forward to having you all engage with us this summer through our mental health series. Woohoo! As always, you can listen to this episode and more on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and pretty much any platform where you can stream and listen to podcasts. As always, do not forget to leave us a five-star review if you are enjoying the content and if you just love to learn with us. And follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at sadgirlsunday underscore. It is spelled out at S-A-D-G-R-L-S-U-N-D-A-Y underscore. Thank you guys and have a great night. Have a great night.